Hello and welcome to Born to Dance, the podcast for Matthew Bourne's new adventures that explores and questions why dance moves, inspires and excites us. I'm your host, Paul Smethurst, resident artist for New Adventures, and every week I will be chatting to members of our extended family to discover their journey through dance and how it has impacted their lives. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. In the theatre world, the popular phrase triple threat is used to describe someone who can sing, dance and act. However, in the case of today's guest, it simply doesn't capture the voracious talent, versatility and star quality he exudes. He doesn't just sing, dance and act. His talents are seemingly endless. He struts, he slays, he expresses, he is hilarious one minute and tender the next. He is equally mesmerising, twirling in heels as he is dancing something contemporary and lyrical. He teaches and inspires the next generation of young performers and directs his own company, Pros From The Shows. And refreshingly, he uses his voice and status to campaign for equality and challenge racism and homophobia. At just 26 years old, he has a CV to die for, playing lead roles in the West End, a career on television, and of course, dancing for one of the biggest dance companies in the world, Matthew Bourne's New Adventures. I am beyond thrilled to welcome to Bourne to Dance the star that is Leighton Williams. Hello, hello, hello. Well, 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 that intro was quite something. Thank you. Well, you know, it really does sum up your amazing career. And I was so shocked when I actually looked at your date of birth and I was like, what? He's only 26. Well, listen, I'm tr- this is the skin regime, trying to keep things nice and young and fresh. Still playing a 16-year-old, so got to do what I got to do. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are, aren't you? How is that playing playing someone 16? I mean, it was only 10 years ago. You Surely you can remember it. It was like yesterday. No, it's not too much of a reach, but, you know, I think soon it might be time to cross into, you know, adult casting. But, listen, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a thrill to have you with us. Um, have you always been amazing at everything? most certainly definitely not it has been a process and listen i still think today right now i'm jack of all trades master at none and that's not me shading myself i'm very aware of what i can and can't do however i'm not deluded you know no i would never have thought i would have danced for matthew bourne my feet don't point i don't really ballet was just not my gig you know same with like singing and you know being a vocalist now like i was just so scared to get up in front of an audience and just sing and not be able to hide behind tricks and flicks and dives and turns and leaps, you know? But now I feel with age, you just kind of get to a point where you're like, do you know what? I'm just going to give it my best shot. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you're lost, baby. And let's just roll with it. So kind of just living for that mantra now and just trying to do what makes me happy. That is such beautiful advice to everybody, all of those aspiring performers out there. Um, but, you, you know, you have such an amazing range of different work that you've done. Is it important for you to keep it fresh and to keep challenging yourself that way? Or is it just like you love, I get the impression you just love life and you're just like, this opportunity comes along. Yeah, I'm going to grab it by the, is that your philosophy? Do you know what? Absolutely. Like, I never would have thought... I would be doing so many different things, fingers in all the pies, you know? And like one day I'm 
en route to do like a voiceover moment I literally heard myself on the radio for the first time this week I was like oh my god that's me like it's just strange you know and then one day I'll be like hosting like Magic FM they asked me to host the radio during lockdown I was like okay <laughs> I got nothing else to do at this moment let's do it I did not know that that must have been awesome I was really quite scared but when I tell you I was sat literally here just hosting the radio it wasn't live, luckily, so I could kind of go back and back and back and do it again. But they call me one Tate Williams, darling, so I didn't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really lucky and appreciative. You know, lots of hard work has gone into it, but being able to have such a well-rounded, you know, um, kind of career, I can kind of almost excite myself and choose the different, well, not choose, because obviously I've got to audition, <laughs> but you know, what's going to be next? Like, I just don't know. And maybe I'll do a play next. Maybe Matthew Bourne will call me next. Maybe I'll be in a TV show. You just don't know. And I love that it keeps it fresh and exciting. Like, you just don't know what the future is going to hold. Like, I genuinely don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years, but I know wherever it is. Hopefully I'll just be happy and slaying the industry in some way. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you're doing in 10 years because you are so, unex you know, everything you do is quite unexpected. You know, if you look at your CV, it is like, oh, there's such there's so many different things that, you, that you've done. And it sounds like you're just at the beginning of that journey. Are there any other things that you really want to conquer or you really want to do? I really want to do straight play so I can like just even for myself as an actor to be like, do you know what? Again, like I said, with the tricks and the twirls and the dyes and the looks and the fashion and the moments like, Yes, that is fab and it is very much so me, but I can strip it back. I'm an actor. I can, you know, do other moments. Like I surprised myself with a Matthew Vaughan, New Ventures. I, I want to surprise myself going into, you know, more of a straight play. So um, by straight play, I mean straight play. I don't mean I have to be playing straight. Let's get that correct. However, do you know what I mean? Like also, you know, I don't actually care that lots of my roles are LGBTQ plus as well, because I'm like, I am that and I champion that. So just go, go, go. And something else I want to take off most definitely is America. Like now that Biden's in, you know, I'm ready to jump on a plane, turn left, get me in that business. Someone fly me out and run me a Broadway contract, please. <laughs> They, they would eat you up. They would absolutely adore you because you just have that, that British charm about you. And, you know, you're a northerner, which, you know, we all love a northerner. But you're, you're a berry boy, are you? I'm a berry boy. Yes, born and bred. I left there when I was about 12 years old. But, yeah, I grew up on the gorgeous council estate called Dickie Bird. Um, it's not too gorgeous, but it's gorgeous to me. You know, um, it's kind of, yeah, very humble beginnings for me, but all of this life now has just kind of just gone bam. And, you know, this past year has actually been quite exciting for me. Loads of different things happening. So I'm kind of just like, <laughs> I'm scared for everything to get back to normal because I'm like, wow, am I going to be able to fit everything in? You know, I'm just keeping that, keeping that energy. Like, let's keep it flowing. Let's keep it moving. Baby boy coming at you. London town, New York, who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Well, I want to come on to your to your beginnings soon, because I think it's really inspiring and and uh, there's so much to kind of dig into. But I wanted to establish for for our listeners um, where the connection to new adventures started. I actually don't know this story either. So how did that come about? Were you interested in the company before? Had you seen Matthew's work? What drew you in? Well, I had seen one of Matthew's shows before and um, only I remember it so well. I was actually seeing um, Cinderella at Saddle as well. And I was a part of this group that kind of, they 
attached like somebody that was like training in like theatre school, say. So I was going to a teleconti. And then somebody who is like working in the profession. So it's this program and they took us to shows and things and we got to chat to like people working in the profession. And then it was like a trip. And we we're going to see Cinderella and I'd never been to Southwest Wells before. I'd never seen like a dance theatre piece, you know. And I sat down, I was just kind of getting the tea and I was like, what? And I heard wind that there was like no singing or no speaking. And I was not happy. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, what's going on here then? What am I going to be watching for the next two and a half hours? Um, I remember Zizi was in it because I messaged her and I've known Zizi for age. When I first moved to London, actually, I lived in Zizi's bedroom at like the Stralin, the stagiest household that you can imagine in oh the, gosh, on the planet. Perfect. I bet you fit right in. Were you, were you trying on their clothes and just, you know, pretending you were a sister? I actually got a job whilst I was there. I was like, it's like, it's the energy of the house, <laughs> the stagey energy, like <laughs> conjuring up. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I was watching the show and after 10 minutes, I was obviously hooked. I was like, oh my God, like I'm fully getting what's going on. I'm reading the storyline. And I just kind of was completely mesmerized, to be honest. And I say I was like in year 10 or 11 then. So I was, I was still in high school. So I was like, wow. So obviously then I did my research, saw everything else that, um, you know, the New Adventures company and Matthew had done. So I was completely obsessed. But then that was kind of like, boom. I never at that point as well would have been like, oh, I'd love to be in that. Obviously, I would have loved to be in that, but it just wasn't even something I would have considered, you know? So mm. one day I was in Panto and it was Christmas time. Goodness knows, 2000 and somewhere. I have to get it on Wikipedia, but no, we can't be doing that. Um, <laughs> back in the day. Um, yeah. And literally just got this email from an agent being like, Matthew Bourne wants to have a chat about this role in Lord of the Flies. This, this going on tour. It's a really fab con like concept with like, you know, training up the boys, doing the show, switcheroo, mm -hmm. all of that. I was, my mind was just blown. I mean, I had a helmet on, sat in my dressing room with fluff all around it, with ears, whiskers. At the time I thought I looked cute, but it was busted <laughs> as. But listen, I live for every moment. Every, everything's a stepping stone to where we are now. And I remember being like, oh my God, to so my mate who was doing the show with me, I was like, Matthew Bourne is just like, hollered at me. I was like, one, I never really got the the tea from Matt. Actually, I never really sat him down and like, why did you like ask me of all people for a meeting? But I'm very glad he did. I mean, I'm assuming maybe he knew me as like one of like the ex Billies because obviously Liam Moe has been there for a while. Um, yeah, you know something along them lines. But I went in, hopefully charmed, did my thing, <laughs> and next thing you know, my first job out of college was with the New Adventures Company. Never in a million years, I think, going to, you know, a three-year musical theatre course, basically, and then coming out, going into, like, like new adventures. I was shook. But at my, in my heart of hearts, I've always been a dancer. Like, dancing is my thing, but I never necessarily would have said contemporary or ballet. Um, but I kind of made it work for me, you know? Do you think it's because you were sort of doubting yourself and your own abilities or where did that kind of come from this that oh maybe that's not my world is it because it was associated with ballet and that can be seen as quite, yeah you know it's quite elitist it's quite hard to get into or mm -hmm. yeah it was definitely the, the ballet link for me because 
Mm. When I did Billy Elliot, I mean, the, the whole point of the show, that was my first job. Um, for those of you that don't know, sometimes I just assume everyone knows. We're on a podcast. Anyone could be listening. So yeah, my first job was Billy <laughs> Elliot when I was 12 years old for Backstory. And they plucked me from like thousands of boys at this open audition. Um, but the whole point of the Billy Elliot story is that he goes to the Royal Ballet School. <laughs> well, with my audition, because I did the street electricity in the show, which is like the audition for Billy Elliot. I don't know how... The Royal Ballet School, sorry. I don't know how they, <laughs> I got in, but I was doing the show and I was doing my thing. But I remember the rig, like the ballet lessons, another one, another one, dance works, pineapple. The training was so hard and I just didn't, it didn't ride with me. Only until I got to college did I start enjoying ballet and contemporary a little bit more because I, I finally said to myself, I'm never going to be a ballerina. I'm never going to actually be in the Royal Ballet, which is fine because I genuinely do not want to do that. That's otherly. It's athlete, but I'm bowing down to that because that's another, it's just another vibe, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like some of them wouldn't expect to just come and be able to sing the chops off and give it gorgeous musical theatre. It's the same situation. But with the company, when I first got into it, I was like, actually, I've been hyping it up too much. I, when I tell you I did about 50 ballet classes before I started the tour, I was so nervous because I was like, do they know what I can do? Because I'm not, you know, when you see Swan Lake and you see, you know, all the boys running about, you're really like, oh, well, am I gonna, am I gonna be all right? Yes, she's got the legs, darling. I'll give you a little step crack, a little back bend, but there'll probably be a sickle at the end of it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was a little bit anxious. And I must say within a couple of weeks, I mean, I was the newest New Adventures company member. So the rest of the boys, oh no, there was two of us. The rest of the boys had all worked for the company before, made us feel so welcome. And actually seeing where they'd all trained, some were musical theatre backgrounds, some were more ballet, some were contemporary. So actually this is a bit of a, a gorgeous free for all. Like, and um, we can just be us. Um, but I really came into my own, I would say, in the company when I did the car man. And I was like, right, I don't give a damn now about my ballet technique. I don't give a damn. Obviously, I wouldn't work on it because, you know, we have to be company class every day. <laughs> you know, you can't not turn up. But I wasn't beating myself up anymore. I was like, I'm going to be me. I'm here for a reason. And I'm just going to slay. Mm. I love that. And, uh, you know, learning that as your first job out of college, I know you did, you know, you did things before, must have really set you up in, in such a good stead because there's that, there's that sort of thing about self-acceptance and just, you know, knowing that you've been cast for a reason, like someone believes in you, someone sees something in you and they want you to be there. And I think that's such a uh, thing that we could, we can learn quicker. You know, it's, it's easy to say, isn't it? But it's so important. And then you just, you just really emanate that, that's kind of self-acceptance and that, you know, that, also you being sort of vulnerable, but letting people just know who you are. I think that's what Matt saw. And I think that's why he, why he wanted you, because at the end of the day, it is about storytelling. It is about, you know, you bringing yourself to a role. Uh, and do you feel like you, you got to do that through working with our company? Oh, 100%. It was probably the best experience for me to come into a company that was so like tight knit. When you go into a, a theater show, you know, everyone's new, no one knows each other, but I was stepping into a family and I very much so feel that even now, like I still, 
I'm like fangirling from afar. You know, my best friend, Leah Mowat, is a part of the company. So I watch pretty much every single um, show and support and still have really good relationships with lots, lots of the cast. But then from Lord of the Flies, going straight into the car, man, you know, that's basically two years of being in that family. And we went through so much together, some amazing things, some very sad things. It really makes you bond as a, a group when something, you know, like life-changing happens you know um so hold their memories in my heart forever and i'm certainly not done do you know what i mean like i was gonna ask that was my next question yeah i was like do you want to do more listen by popular demand i want to see myself back on that side as well stage are you a manifester leighton there's definitely two roles that i am 100 percent manifesting um and i know i've been you know distant from the company because i've gone to do my thing but if anything i'm like this has made me if I was to come back now and say, not that I'm trying to come back and snatch principal roles, but, you know, I've gone away, played some amazing characters. I think I stepped into the company now. I would be a completely different actor. I'd be a completely different dancer. Um, yeah. And I'd be ready for like more responsibility to be like, actually, now I'm a bit more comfortable in my skin. I'd love to come back and just own a couple of things. Okay, well, watch this space, everyone listening. That's that's really exciting. I can't I can't wait to see to see if that pans out. Let's manifest it all together. Let's look back then, because you mentioned Billy Elliot and we ask all of our guests on on the podcast, what's their earliest memory of dancing? Um, Mm -hmm. I know that you went to a place called, I've done you my research, you went to Carol Godby's and you did street dance and acting. Tell us about that. Was that, did someone send you there? Was it like a parental thing? Like, oh, we think this will be really good for you. How did it all begin? Um, it all began with me basically being jealous of my cousin doing dance classes and acting classes. And I wanted to go too. Do you know when you're a kid and you just want to do what everybody else is doing? Um, so basically I, I rocked up to the classes with my cousin because he used to come around to our house every week after doing them and say, oh, I had so much fun. So I was like, jealous, I want to go. So I started doing these acting classes at Carol Godby's, who is amazing. Um, still in contact with her now actually spent most of the locked lockdown the, like the first one in her studio she gave me the keys to just like be free and just like dance which was amazing um so love her for kind of like you know inspiring me to kind of give it a go i just it wasn't even that deep my dancing though like when i tell you i was dancing to um girls aloud I was dancing to working at the car wash. Whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah. That's a free little vocal for y'all. You're welcome. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just busting it out, like having fun. It was very, you know, after school club vibe. Not talking it down. It was amazing. The acting, especially. But I wasn't in any tap shoes. I wasn't in any ballet shoes. I'd not seen a pair of ballet shoes until. I rocked up to Billy Elliot and that was an open audition, found out via Carol and my mom were like, oh, you guys should give it a, a shot. And I was like, oh, like, 
uh, fine, like a free day out. We'll go to Manchester, fun, like it's a bit of a trip from Bury. And honestly, I very nearly turned around because when I got up to that venue and there's just hundreds, well, thousands of white boys, you know, as a, now I wouldn't feel a certain type of way, but back then as a kid, mm-hmm. if you are the odd one out, you feel it way more and not as confident. But funnily enough, who was I? speaking to oh my producer of jamie i saw her yesterday because we we're doing some press at the theater and stephen daldry the director um she saw him at my opening night at jamie and she asked why are you here and he said oh i've come to support and watch Leighton because he was one of my billies and apparently he just saw something in me that i didn't see that we didn't see when they when they did the tap in the ballet section they just said if you can't do it pretend and that's why when I say, I feel like I'm still faking it till I'm making it, I low-key am, but I love it. Do you know what I mean? If I could fake it in that audition and get the job as a you know, leading young boy in the West End, then <sighs> the sky's the limit, you know what I mean? But I just think that I find that so inspiring because I, I'm of the full belief that if you have the passion and if you just have that natural quality about you, then everything else you can learn and you can figure out but it, it's it's just that they obviously saw that spark in you. And I just love that it's such a sliding doors moment of like what your life would have been like if, you know, your, you know, your parents hadn't taken you to Manchester or, you know, if that, if Stephen Doldry didn't see that, that spark in you. Do you, do you, do you have any clue what you would have done if you had, if that massive, you know. If I would have turned happened? around from that audition, I, do you know what, <laughs> my, my, stepdad actually got annoyed with me. I remember being like, well, we've come all the way from Bury now. You better get in there. And that's literally the, one of the reasons I went in because I was like, oh, I'm getting shouted at now. It's so funny. Like, <laughs> even when we got in there, like Jessica, um, the casting director was like, portfolios, portfolios. We, I said to my mom, what's a portfolio? Like, we were just so not in the know. I don't know where I would be, but I'm pretty sure that this career was destined for me so yes it may have taken a little longer and I would have been you know just roaming about on my state playing Nakadora run for a little while longer <laughs> I'm not condoning playing that game but it, you know I was a kid so allow me um you would have all done it I would say I'd, I'd have got here eventually but it would have been a very very different journey for sure yeah yeah and obviously do you think that 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 did change your life that that opportunity Oh, absolutely. It's, it was the beginning of everything for me. My work ethic, my training, you know, people ask about, you know, the dancing, singing, acting. I had no choice but to be very strong in all them disciplines from such a young age, flipping around. We had, the, you know, the, the real, not even the basics. We had incredible training all pretty much for free. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. They invested so much in us. Well, towards the end of the run of Billy, you know, dancing was way more of a thing for boys. It was cooler. We were in another generation. But back when I was auditioning for it, it wasn't as much. So they, I think they found that they had to train up the boys a lot more. Do you know what I mean? So I was one mm. of that, their kind of projects as such. They put a lot of time into me. I think a year and a half it took me to get from, from Billy school, you know, doing ballet, contemporary, uh, tap singing, acting classes, Pilates, yoga, like street dance. We did everything, literally. So once I rocked up to theater school by like year 10, 11, 
I kind of knew how to do everything. Not probably the best and the most polished, but I could run up the wall if you wanted me to. I could do a thousand backflips if you wanted me to. I could do my fuetting on turn-ons, but you know, jumping about the place. Did I have a clue what anything was? Absolutely not. So my, my teacher would be like, okay, da 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 in French. I'd be like, girl, why are you talking French? She'd be like, well, <laughs> this is this is what we do in ballet. I was like, well, I know how to do a, a kick, sh- slap, boom, jump, but I don't know what you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? So I had to kind of like take it back and connect all the dots, which was quite fun. Not everyone knows about, you, you know, you, you, you got picked from all those people, but then you had to go and go to kind of Billy school and the academy. And it was in Leeds, wasn't it? So how did that work? Did you did you go and stay there? Did you did you kind of commute between the two? Yeah. So we travelled so much. Like my mum definitely she dropped a lot of things just to kind of be, she could sense that it was clearly going to be something quite exciting, but we didn't have a car. We didn't have much money. You know, we're from this, you know, estate. My mom hates it when I say that, but it's true. So I'm just like, mom, stop lying. You know what I mean? Whenever I say I'm from this estate, which we are. Um, And we were just very normal, you know, people. So, if you're getting the opportunity to go to even Leeds for the weekend, partay. I up across every morning. I remember the croissant that I used to have. Like it was like a whole vibe. Like we'll go in there, we'll get on the train to Leeds, this taxi, this bus. It was such a like they did like a whole six weeks camp or something like that. And there was one point actually, which I don't talk about much, that I was I was down to be Michael instead of Billy. But some way along the lines, which is Billy's best friend for those of you that don't know the show. So somewhere along the lines of like, actually, you're going to be in for Billy now. So I was like, oh, <laughs> I got an upgrade. Whoop, whoop. So obviously I was <laughs> buzzing about that. And I actually did go on to play Michael a couple of times when the casting was low. You know, very Catherine Tate. Well, I can do that. There was like, we can't do the show. We haven't got a Michael. I was like, well, you've got one right here if you just ask. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's how they trained us up. They did a whole summer camp. And then at the end of that, they would tell the boys who was going to London. It was very much like, you know, America's Next Top Model, but for the Billy Elliot School. <laughs> I'm holding two two profiles in my hand. And one of you is going to be going to the Billy School and going to London. And one of you is not. It was nerve wracking. I was going to say it's so competitive and quite cutthroat, isn't it? For when you're so young, do you think it? Do you think that prepared you? You were like, oh, this is what the industry is, or were you quite still quite naive to it? I was. The best thing about it is because I was new to it, I was naive. I didn't really. Yeah. I cared. I'm not saying I didn't care, but it, the stakes were not as high. When we had so many stagey mums and people that were so much more. Me and my mum were like, why is everyone so pressed? Because for me. I'm, my, I'm all right. My life's kind of all right anyway. I've only just started dancing, so it's not that deep. If I get it, great. If I don't, I'll just go back and be chilling with my mates and I'll just carry on with my normal life. But for a lot of the other boys, mm. it was something they'd be doing since they were three. There were so many stakes. There were zero stakes for me. So even when I moved to London and I was amongst the things, yes, I would get nervous and scared every now and again because of the obvious, you know, um, what do you call it? The, the pressure that was on my shoulders, but yeah. it didn't, engulf me it didn't take over because i had nothing to compare it to the only thing i could compare I, it to was playing captain hook in my primary school production of peter pan and can you believe i wasn't peter pan <laughs> you know 
Travesty. The audacity. Travesty. I bet they're regretting, they're regretting that now. Oh, they are. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the other thing that's really interesting about your story when I, was, when I was reading about you is that you had this incredible stint. You, I think you played Billy for the longest amount of time on the West I End. I think second longer. Um, Not too bad. So, yeah. And, so, and, you know, incredible. And you were living this life and, you know, you had a tutor. And, and then when that finished... Not everyone knows this, but you then went back to Bury and you went back to your secondary school. Mm-hmm. Th- that must have been such a big kind of flip flop moment for you. You know, how, yeah. how did you cope with that? Yeah, that was tough. That was probably the toughest point in my life, I would say, because I had all these experiences. I met all these amazing people. I'd come out the closet. I was fully embracing my young, gay, fabulous life. And then, bam, my bubble was popped. I had to go back to bury not that i felt i was any better or different to anybody else but i just didn't fit in again because i i had experienced too much as you know by the time i was 14 i'd played billy i'd also been in this fabulous hit tv show been outrageously camp called beautiful people so there was almost no going back but i had to go back and we didn't have the means to kind of keep me in london for so long so I struggled. I wasn't doing what I loved anymore. That was the hardest part. You know, I could have got by, but it was just that I wasn't dancing. I wasn't singing. I wasn't acting. I wasn't being artistic. So yeah, it was, it was hard. And I found this uh, really beautiful quote that I'm going I'm to do that thing that, that journalists do when they quote oh, something back to you. do it. <laughs> uh, but it was, no, it's really beautiful. It said, you said, I was a gay boy on a council estate and as much as I tried to hide it, I had a few things come in my way. It's not been the easiest ride, but I put it into my art. And I just, I love that, that thought of put, putting your, funneling your challenges and the adversity into your work and, and your career. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Like, how did you take these because you've been quite open about the fact that you were bullied at that time Mm. how did you take that and make something beautiful out of it I guess just trying to pretend to be somebody else was stressful I must say at some points I probably got by way easier than many but my struggle I'm not going to compare it to anybody else's struggle when I talked to some of the people that I actually was at school with they were like what you were going through that you were going through this and like people don't realize people's mental health like it's it doesn't necessarily show. Yes, I was at school giving the gift of the gab and class clown because that was the only way I could get by, by if you're going to throw abuse at me, I'll clap you back with some comedy. Do you know what I'm saying? So I used that to kind of get by. But when I was at home, I was just streaming videos with Puscat dolls. I was looking at how to get back to London. There was one point where I knew every single drama school in the whole country, how, how much it cost to be there, what scholarships they had. Like I was close to emailing any rich person I knew being like, help me, I will pay you back one day. I'm sure I'm gonna be a star, but please, I need to get to London. I am fed up, like I'm a depressed child, literally. My granddad really helped me with that RIP, love him to bits. He could see that I just was not myself. And you know, my mom obviously had the other kids to deal with so I spent a lot of time at my granddad's just like writing out letters you know and finally Beautiful People series 2 this tv show that I did which is so ironic because it's all about well I always say two young boys but it's actually about Simon and I'm his best friend but I just 
I just make it about me when it's actually not. But it's about this boy called Simon and his best friend, me, Kylie. And they want to move to London to live amongst the beautiful people. And that is their dream. And it legit was my dream. I'd had it. It got taken away from me. And the second season of Beautiful People brought me back to London. And when I got there with my chaperone, who strangely has chaperoned me in every job that I'd done, even Billy Elliot, I was like, Jackie, I cannot go home. Like this six weeks, seven weeks that we've got here, I don't know who we need to speak to. I don't know who we need to badger, but I'm going to a theatre school and I'm not going to be going back. Let's do it. And whilst I was filming the second season of Beautiful People, I met a lady called Maria and she has a wife called Val. They were in their like 50s. They were looking to take on, you know, a young person who maybe was struggling with their sexuality from like a charity or whatever. But I came along and the rest is history. 10 years. I only moved out last year. I lived with them for 10 years. It was the most beautiful, modern family. And I literally was just right place, right time, right generous people. And I owe them so much. So super thankful. That's, oh, that's so, so beautiful to hear uh, that there are people like that, that, you know, that really want to um, support and help people. And, and, you know, you do that now with your work and with your sort of voice. You, I really get the impression that it's really important to you to support and, and um, nurture people, uh, and I and I had a question for you that's that's about um, that actually is about sort of privilege and the arts and and whether you found it from your upbringing. You know, you have the you had these amazing opportunities. Do you do you think that we've still got a long way to go when it comes to sort of democratizing art and and making it more accessible for all? Oh, absolutely. One thing I have been sure to try and do through my company pros and the shows is allow. I'm probably too generous because you can't be that business savvy if you're just give, give, giving. But, you know, half of it is business and the other half is heart for me. Yes, I want to build an empire and employ friends, family and keep everyone booked and blessed. But I also want to keep kids inspired that, like me back in the day, couldn't dance, couldn't be expressive, were depressed because they couldn't do what they loved or because they didn't have the money. So if I get a chance to say, right, I'm doing a workshop, there's 60 tickets, but five, email my team and tell us why, why you can't afford the ticket, why you want the ticket, and let's do something. In my dream, like, my company will have, like, scholarships in almost every school, like a Slayton scholarship, I'm going to call it, and we're going <laughs> to give the, you know, we're going to give people a three-year training course just for the love of it because some people are very talented but they just need that help to get on the ladder like I did and hopefully one day when I'm balling and I'm a millionaire because <laughs> I can't be doing it until then because it's quite expensive you know then that is the dream yeah. to be able to give back so yeah fingers crossed oh I love that it's all about giving it back and and also I read that you you know you were really excited to go on tour with Jamie because there's this idea about um bringing theatre to people that might not you know they can't afford to go down to London and to you know spend that that ticket and, and going to see you know and I, I love that side of you when you're like no this is for everybody and I want to make sure as many people as possible can can access it mm -hmm. it was a big thing for me I probably shot myself in the foot because the West End is back, back, back again. Second time only now me waiting for the tour, like, come on. But <laughs> I stick to what I believe and my heart at that time. Yes, I'd had that amazing experience in the West End for a whole year, but 
I'd had it. And yeah, I could get a little bit complacent and bored if I would have stayed longer. So new Jamie in, me on tour made sense. You know, not saying they all know who I am, but I've been to these venues five times over, you know, Lord of Flies, Carman, Hairspray twice, Rent. I'd toured these places. I knew them like the back of my hand. So I was excited to go back, you know, as Jamie and show people what it is to just be free, to live authentically and inspire these kids to just, and adults, whoever, to just be themselves, um, love their neighbour and be unapologetically fierce. <laughs> and that is so your message. And I guess not just with Jamie, I feel like that's, you know, that you've, you've played a lot of those roles and, you know, you're sort of, um, like you said, like LGBTQ plus, you know, sort of themes are really important to you. Do, do you think it's, um, do you think you'd take those roles because it's important for for representation that you want to tell these kind of stories? What what draws you to that that side of things? I must say, I think the, the dots just connect as I go along. It's not necessarily been like, yeah. I want to play that. But yeah, playing LGBTQ plus roles has been really important to me because I am that. And I can do it very authentically. I can do it you know, well, better than some of the straight boys out there. No shade. So why not? And I do get asked sometimes, like, oh, you're not worried. You're going to be stereotyped and da-da-da-da-da-da. My nan actually said it to me once, and I, I didn't snap at her because obviously I'm very respectful to my nan. I said, nan, listen, would you ever say that to Brad Pitt? Would you say that to Zac Efron? Would you say that to any straight actor? So why are you coming to me as a gay man just because I'm playing the roles that I'm right for? Why are you worried? Mm. I ain't worried, they're running me checks. I'm happy, I'm thriving, I'm serving, it's fab. I couldn't think of anything more fabulous to whack on a cheeky heel and strut on the stage to thousands of people every night. So I'm not pressed, nobody else needs to be pressed. And hopefully, you know, me just being me and playing these roles will just continue because I'm past the point now, I don't care, you can tight cast me for life. As long as I stay booked, there's enough roles out there I'll do them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You've got to, you know, you've got to pay your pay bills, haven't you? At the end of the exactly. Layton, I want to bring it back a little bit to to dance, which obviously this podcast is all about sort of mm -hmm. celebrating that that joy of dance. Um, and I wondered, you talked about Cinderella obviously being a really impactful piece of dance. Are there any other any other dance that you'd seen? I mean, did you? Did you um, see anything when you were younger that really that really inspired you? I'm just, yeah, I'm just curious if there's any other dance that's really just made you go, oh my gosh, yes, that that's that's my jam. Hmm. When I was at school and college, I remember being very obsessed with Arvin Ailey for a while. I was just so in awe. You know, they were black dancers looking like me and being incredible. I'd never seen that before, so that was definitely eye-opening. And I went through a stage of like trying to find courses in New York and I was I was so determined to try it. And then I was like, okay, well, let's get yourself to London first. New York is gonna be a bit of a reach. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but you never know. I remember being obsessed with them for a while, but honestly, I'm not just saying it because we're on a New Adventures podcast. Matthew Bourne was the first show that I'd seen with my own eyes live. I I was in the industry. So when you're in the industry from such a young age, you don't find yourself seen as much. You're kind of just doing it, you know? Billy onto Thriller, onto different sets and stuff. So I was kind of always kind of in it. So I didn't see anything until 
you know, New Ventures opened my eyes to that world. And then, bam, I was in it. And I've seen every show since. Um, so truthfully, it was, Cinderella was the turning point, me knowing that that was, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know people just went and danced, which is quite silly of me, really. I should have known that. I knew there was ballet, like on your tiptoes, point shoes ballet, but I didn't know there was like, you know, dance theatre, should we call it. Yes. <laughs> and tell tell us a little bit about what, what the what feeling you get from when you're dancing on stage. What does dancing give you? What's that feeling? It is very different for me, depending on what I'm doing. So me strutting in a heel and giving you a, a leg and a flip and a twirl, fab, love it. It's very audience pleaser. It's very gag worthy. It's very that. It's very different to me, you know, my solo in Lord of the Flies, for example, really in tune with character, driving story, and, you know, in a piece, it's very different. I love just rocking up to a venue, move it, et cetera, and just like stunting and doing a performance. But I do miss just being in the zone, dancing in a different way, I'd say more contemporary lyrical. I did a concept video um, on the Apollo stage a few weeks back, well, months back now. And I just turned to the choreographer and said, oh, it's so nice to dance again. He's like, what do you mean you've been dancing? And I was like, well, yeah, I dance. I strut about and I do a bit of this, do a bit of that. But dancing, like turning and really just, it just, just oh my God, I nearly said electricity then. How embarrassing is that? You know, am I really saying electricity sparks inside of me? <laughs> so, <laughs> Billy Elliot quotes, yeah. there's something special, isn't there, that happens when you're, when you're fully in it. It's mesmerizing, telling story through your body. That's what I loved most about being in, in New Adventures. I didn't have to open my voice. As you can hear, I'm a little bit husky. I don't stop. Like, I'm always doing this thing and doing that. That In the company, woo! I, I could be screaming and then get on stage and do my thing. It's just magical. Um, and I, I do honestly miss it so much. I know I'm not done yet, but, you know, I do look back on their moments and... I could definitely tick my dance career off if I needed to. I could be like, bam, happy. So yeah, the feeling is just euphoric. It's, um, it's magical and yeah, it's beautiful just to connect with your inner soul, you know? I'm, I'm really intrigued because I've done a bit of West End myself and I, I'm like stamina, you know, dancing and singing at the same time. Like, is that something you just sort of learn as you go? What, tell us a bit about that. I've always been I think Beyonce used to do it. So whenever I can, and I'm not, you know, not comparing myself to Beyonce, but I would run and jog and sing at the same time to get myself ready for Jamie singing and dancing and running about and jumping on stools and stuff. I did a show called Kiss Me Kate and like the end of act one is like a 10 minute number and it's full out, um, amazing choreography, you know, but at the end of it, I'd be finished. I was dead, like heart pounding. So I'd all, I would literally take my heels because I was playing Jamie like two weeks after. I'd take my heels, I'd walk to the studio, I'd pop them on and I, in the full sweats, I would sing every single song that I had in Jamie. So I knew if I can do it now, this tired, I can do it yeah. whenever. So that's yeah. kind of how I worked on my stamina. And yeah, I think for musical theatre actors, once you you're used to doing it at the same time, it's calm. Not calm, but it gets easier. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love that top tip, everybody. That's a, that's really that's so that's really amazing. I, I don't think I'll be able to do it, but I, I love that you did. Uh, and tell us about dancing in heels, Leighton. Where where did when did that start? Because I just can't. It's just the hardest thing ever. Where, like, just what are your tips? I don't even know where it started. I think my first performance was probably around Jamie time or move. I think move it main stage. I was the creative director or like headlining and I just thought it doesn't feel right. Like even nowadays when I turn up to a, an event, if I've not got a little bit of a boot on, a little bit high, just to mm-hmm. pl- everything's tight and right and just in the right place when I've got a bit of a heel, you know, I just don't feel that like cute in a flat sometimes. So I was like rehearsing in my trainers and then I thought, let me get, let me order these you know, thigh highs. Let's see what's going on. And something else just <laughs> takes over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm on my tippy toes, you know, crossing my fingers, hoping to not die. And good luck. I just praise up and do my backflips and just hope that I land. One, two, three, turn, bam, splits. And I think if I can do it in them heels, then <laughs> in flats, it's going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. So did you, you, you didn't build up. You just were like full smack back into doing all your tricks and your flips and your whacks. Yeah, it took me, when I played, I think the turning point was playing Angel in Rent. My choreographer, Lee Proud, who I did Billy Elliot with, he was so adamant when he got us to do Rent. He was like, I need Leighton to be my angel. So I went in, auditioned, it all worked out. And we weren't playing. He knew what I could do, obviously, from Billy. So I was on the structure doing a Barani, like, so if you don't know what that is, it's like a round off. If you don't know what that is, it's like a cartwheel, so with no hands, off a structure, like in, like, I would say they were like, they were chunky heels, to be fair, them ones, they were like four inch, but still like four inch platform heel doing flips and tricks in, I did actually injure myself during that show, so do it with care, please. Leighton, we are asking all of our guests to pick their favourite piece of music to to dance to. That could be danced to on stage, or it could be danced to in the club, or wherever. Uh, we're going to play a snippet of your choice, which is quite excellent, I have to say. Uh, this is Buttons by the Pussycat Dolls. Whoop, whoop. Absolute banger. <laughs> I'm actually doing the choreography now, you can't see though. Absolute tune, I'm sorry. Living, aren't you? Living in your land. I'm sure you probably haven't had anyone choose the Pussycat Dolls yet, so that's why I thought I would. You know, I'm sure you get something real deep, something real musical, <laughs> and I chose the Pussycat Dolls. You know Dolls. what? We've had some, we've had some very eclectic choices from people that you have to listen. They will, they will surprise you. But um, that is such a tune, and I can, I got the pleasure of seeing you just, you know, kind of grooving a little bit there. Um, why that song? Why, what, what is it about that song that you love? Can you remember when you first heard it? Pussycat Dolls is just like one of my like childhood moments. So like, I just have this obsession with them because they genuinely, without getting too deep, like when I was back, you know, I told you I had to go back to state school and stuff and my normal school, mm-hmm. Pussycat, like I remember the new videos coming out and that was like my connection to my friends in London. Like, oh my God, my best friend Jordan, we're like, you know, 
attach the hip, um, but I had to leave him. So I've been ringing like, oh my God, have you seen the new Pussycat Doll videos? It's very that. But it's the first concert that I ever saw as a kid as well. So you never forget your first concert, do you? So my mom and my stepmom took me, which is the cutest thing ever, for my birthday. And I remember them coming through the tunnel um, and Button started playing with the first song and I just started bawling. I was just like, oh my God, it's the dolls. And of course I had tickets to see them for the 10 year anniversary last year. And ugh, but fingers crossed, I'll be there. I literally booked three venues. I was like on tour with them. <laughs> I'm obsessed, Pussycat Dolls. Have you ever met Nicole? I can imagine you, you and Nicole would just be like besties. Do you know what? I haven't met Nicole. I was sat next to her in a restaurant, but I'm not saying that I'm Nicole's status, but like, I know what it's like to be pestered when you're out and about. So I just really didn't want to be, I want to meet her in a fab way, like dancing with her or like doing a moment with her. So I just let her be, but I was fangirling majorly. She did send me a video via my friend Jack Whitehall once to cheer me up, but I've not actually physically properly met her yet. So. Yet manifesting. Um, and what is it? <laughs> is it because they're amazing dancers? Like, is that the draw for you? Because they're so fierce and they do it all and there's a spectacle. What is it that, that, you know, resonates with you? Yeah, it's the choreo for me. Sorry. They are the baddest, i.e. greatest. When it comes to slaying choreo as a girl group, yes, I know a lot of them do not have fair share of the vocal, but we've been through that and we have to get over that because we know Nicole is the vocalist, okay? Listen, you put, you should stop me because I could talk about Pussycat Dolls for another hour. Okay. It's not going to be healthy for the podcast. Okay. But yeah, I love them <laughs> and they slay. And yeah, I'll see y'all soon, PCD, on concert. And you love to go out-out, don't you? It's a silly question. Yeah, I love yeah. myself a party. Me and Liam popping it in the when we used to be able to go to the club we used to have some good times i bet i can imagine and how do you find that balance then because obviously you know the shows are full on and you're touring and then you're going and letting your hair down and doing your thing like how do you kind of balance that out i I've gotten way better now. Obviously you have to live and learn and sometimes in the worst kind of ways. And now I just value the the kind of work over, you know, there's always going to be, a t well, hopefully a time to have a good time with your mates, you know, when everything's back open, you know, the clubs will be there, they'll be back again, but that experience and that audience won't necessarily be. So if I get mash up and the next day try and dance or sing terribly for an audience it just doesn't fit right in my soul Leighton we need to start to wrap up sadly our conversation but we are asking all of our guests if you could turn any story film or book into a Matthew Bourne production what would you pick oh my goodness oh actually I have it I would love um, Matthew Bourne to explore the Stonewall Uprising, highlighting Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera's struggle um, in the, you know, LGBTQ plus, like, uprising, you know, the beginning of Pride, wow. basically. I think that would be quite sensational. Oh, yes. And there would definitely be a part in there for you. And the costumes would be amazing and the choreography. I want to cut. <laughs> I want to cut. I want to be associate producer. <laughs> yeah. Speak to my agent. It was my idea first. Patented by Leighton Williams, everybody. Um, Leighton, we end, we end our podcast with a bit of a silly quiz. Okay. It consists of 10 quick fire questions that are about dance. Uh, no pressure. No pressure. Just say whatever comes into your head. 
Okay, let's do it. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, bring it on. Let's begin the Born to Dance quiz. Number one, whilst Matthew Bourne has run a dance company since 1987, the name New Adventures wasn't the original name. What was it called before? Um, Adventures in Motion Picture. Woo! <laughs> there are nine more. Be ready. Uh, question number two. Grande and Chico are two versions of what type of Spanish activity? Um, Grande and Chico. Uh, dancing? Yes, but what I need, what style? Spanish. Like um, oh, Latino dancing? Like, um, oh, what am I doing? Um, salsa. Close, no cigar. It was flamenco dancing, oh, which I no. think is what you were doing with your arms. But, but I needed the words. I feel like you should have given me that. <laughs> uh, question number three. The patron saint of dancers and actors is who? Um, oh, my God. I don't have a clue. Darcy Bustle. <laughs> it should be it might be soon it, it was saint vitus oh i was thinking about patrons of new adventures oh that yeah yeah um she is a patron so you would have got a point if that would be the question there we go question number four in 1962 little eva introduced what new dance little who exactly little eva no shade baby but she ain't on my radar she created a new dance craze not the cha-cha slide. I'm doing this as a lull now. <laughs> it was the locomotion. Oh, okay, cute. Question number five. Matthew Bourne has created productions to the ballet scores of Tchaikovsky and Prokofiev. But which of the two composed more ballets in their lifetime? Prokofiev or Tchaikovsky? I'm going to say Tchaikovsky because I know, I think I know his name more. Oh, no. He is probably more well-known. Yeah. But um, Prokofiev has done, has done eight. I'm going to stay with the Russian theme. The Bolshoi Ballet is one of the most well-known ballet companies in the world. What do you think the word Bolshoi means? Is it big? Yes! Come on! Fabulous. Look at you with your ballet knowledge. <laughs> Question seven. What are Hamilton House and Petronella? Hamilton House and Petronella. Oh, it's that kind of food. <laughs> <laughs> I think people forget that this is a quiz about dance. And so we... A hummus and dip. I'm going to say it's a dip, a sauce. <laughs> oh, I wish it was. It's, it's slightly boring now. It's Scottish country dances. Oh, shame. <laughs> um, what was the name of the beguiling gypsy dancer in The Hunchback of Notre Dame? Oh, I only know Quasi. I reckon you're a Disney fan. I only know Quasimodo because I tell my, um, when I'm teaching, I tell my dancers not to have Hunchback of Notre Dame's like. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say well, Katrina. It was Esmeralda. Question number nine. Which 20th century ballerina was later edible? Later edible? So we are talking about food now. Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah. See, you're trying to tell me it's all one topic, but you're lying. You're trying to play with my head. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. Her name is now something you can eat. Um, it's a dessert. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. Um, I'm just going to take a guess and say Madame Kit Kat. <laughs> it was Pavlova. I wouldn't have got that. That's bad. Uh, we're there, we're there, we're at the end. Okay, Question I'm gonna get this 10. one. According to folklore, which hypnotic dance can cure a spider's bite? No, what's hypnotic then? 
Um, I'm going to say Lindy Hop. When you do the Lindy Hop, it is hypnotic. It, I'm sure it's hypnotic. I thought I would just, you know, um, humbly get these answers wrong, but make you laugh because I don't have a clue. <laughs> My common knowledge is whack. And this isn't even common. This is dance. Listen, it's just a bit of fun um, just to kind of finish off our podcast. Yeah. And thank you for being such a good sport. We are actually saying it's just a bit of fun. We are actually doing a competition leaderboard. You know. Oh, no, I'm going to be right at the bottom. Did I only get two right? I think you should give me the third one with the salsa. Do you know what? I was doing flamenco, wasn't I? Through the medium of, of, of dance theatre, you were telling me the answer. Yay. Thank you. You got three out of ten. Get in. Fourth place, that's good. But how many people have done the podcast? Four. (laughs) Oh, well, I will happily take last place to, you know, some fabulous people. It's been a blast. Oh, Leighton Williams, thank you so, so much for joining us on Born to Dance. I had such a ball and I loved talking to you and you're such an inspiration. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Love to everybody who supports New Adventures and dance and I can't wait to hopefully be back one day. Lots of love.